The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, member of the Wells, on August 4, 2013, based on Colossians 2, verses 6-15. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God, through which the Holy Spirit strengthens us to follow Jesus, is the second lesson, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6-15. to So then, just as you received Christ as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ... All the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature, not with a circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive in with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, washed in the blood of our risen Savior. In the fall, when the apples ripen and are gathered to be stored for the winter, The pioneers were careful not to bruise any, for one bad apple could spoil the whole bunch. You see, a rotting apple emits a gas called ethylene that causes the apples around it to overripen and spoil. In addition, if if mold starts growing on that rotting apple, you know how easily mold spreads. The people we spend time with rub off on us. As the old saying goes, one bad apple spoils the whole bunch. On the other hand, as Christians, we want to be a positive influence in this world. We should be interacting and helping those who are in need, demonstrating the love of Christ and sharing the good news of his love for us. We can't keep ourselves isolated like a single apple in a bin all by itself, no. We need to be interacting with this world. And that all the more underscores why we need to keep on walking with the only one who can keep us from rotting away with this world. Keep walking with Jesus. The Holy Spirit, through the words he gives the Apostle to write, strengthens you and me to do just that. 
He, the Holy Spirit, keeps us walking with Jesus. Now, the struggle of walking with Jesus isn't so much trying to figure out what's right and wrong, trying to figure out which way that we should be going. Our conscience already has a pretty good idea of what's right and wrong. Even a person who doesn't know Jesus still has that conscience that knows right from wrong. And if our conscience is confused on a certain point, God's law recorded in his word makes it perfectly clear to anyone who is willing to listen. No, dear friends, the struggle in walking with Jesus isn't so much knowing which way to go. The struggle of walking with Jesus is the strength to do, to gladly, willingly, freely do what we know is right and the strength to flee away from all that's evil, all that is contrary to God's truth. Now how do we get that strength? What is it that strengthens us to keep walking with Jesus? You, dear friend, you are strengthened to walk with Jesus as you stay rooted in the blessings of your baptism and as you are built up to withstand the world's deception. Those are the two parts as we focus on the theme Keep Walking with Jesus. Part one, rooted in the blessings of your baptism. The apostle writes, so, and, and, and as you listen to this, notice how he draws our attention to, to baptism. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him. In him you were also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature, not with a circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all your sins. Now roots, as you well know, roots keep a tree nourished. Roots are what absorb the, the water and nutrients that the tree needs. Now what alone is the good soil that gives us the nourishment to keep walking with Jesus? Well, that good soil is, is Jesus himself, isn't it? To walk with Jesus, we need to be rooted in Jesus and stay rooted in him. But next question here is then, is, is what is it that initially rooted us in Jesus and keeps us rooted in him? And the answer, the answer the apostle draws us our attention to in the, those words you heard, the answer is baptism. For you see, baptism connected you to Jesus in a most intimate, close way. Baptism rooted you in Jesus. For you see, as the apostle makes clear, baptism is what brought you to be buried with Christ, 
and to be raised with Christ. What a connection. What a blessing. Go back to that day when Jesus' body was taken down from the cross. Hear the women weeping. Smell the strong, pungent spices, the, the myrrh and aloes that Nicodemus brought. See the stone rolled in front of the tomb. Yes, Jesus has certainly died. Look, he is buried there. I should probably say was buried there, for come back on Easter morning. And the stone is rolled away. Rather than death, Life greets our eyes. The wonder of angels dazzles us. Heavenly words tingle our ears. He is not here. He has risen. Come see the place where he has laid. And then Jesus himself appears. Risen. Risen from the dead. Yes, he has risen indeed. He is alive. Now, Now, instead of seeing Jesus buried and risen, see yourself, dear Christian. For baptism buried you with Christ and raised you with him. For baptism has rooted you in Jesus so that you are so connected to him That the Holy Spirit in all truth, in all certainty, in all reality can say, you, dear Christian, you were buried with Christ. You were raised with him. His life is your life. Faith alone, dear friends, faith grasps these baptismal blessings. Don't let go. Rather stay rooted in Jesus as you cherish these baptismal blessings as you cherish them with that heart of faith that holds on to this truth, as amazing as it sounds, you were buried with Christ, you were raised with him. This is the truth. This is the truth. So keep walking with Jesus. See how closely connected to him you are. See how you are rooted with him because of your baptism. Keep walking with him. Now, Have you glimpsed the power that baptism gives us? The strength to keep walking with Jesus because baptism has buried you with him and raised you to life with him? First of all, gives us the power to put off our sinful nature. For in baptism you were buried with Christ. You died to sin. Sin no longer has power over a dead body. Yes, that sin that once ruled in our hearts lost its throne when you were baptized and buried with Christ. So now as you walk with Jesus, put off those sinful desires, refuse those sinful temptations, for you have died to sin. You have been buried with Christ. And as you stay rooted in him, Follow him so that sin no longer rules in your heart. Don't return to that captivity. And what's more, the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead also has raised you from spiritual death. For in baptism you not only were buried with Christ, you were raised to life with him. That power of God 
is at work in you who believe. Believe in the power of God's grace. That while you were still dead in sin, raised you to life in Christ. Believe in the power of his mercy that has freed you from that captivity to sin, that slavery. Believe in the power of his peace that has forgiven all of your sins. Yes, what power of God is in at work in you who believe, who through faith grasp the wonderful promises that baptism brings to you. For in baptism, you died with Christ and were raised to life with him. Rely on that power so that you continue, so that you keep on walking with Jesus, rooted in the blessings of your baptism and continually being built up on Christ, built up to withstand the world's deception. Which brings us to the second part here. Again, we return to the Apostles' words. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. Now, dear friends, what is the greatest deception, the greatest lie that this world tells? It's not sex. It's not materialism. It's not greed or power. Here is the greatest lie that deceives. You can help out in your salvation. It doesn't even all sound that bad, does it? You can do it. You can help out. You can do your part. You see how deceptive that is? And, and it takes so many various forms out there, ranging from, you've got to do it all, because who knows whether there's a God up there or not, and if there is a God, he probably doesn't care about us that much, to the other end where it says, yes, Jesus, Jesus has done most of it, if not almost all of it, there's just a little bit left for us. Some say, just do what's within you and God will do the rest. Others say, God will get it started in us and then there's just a little bit left for us to finish off. Sometimes what you got to do, according to the world's deception, is a hard, long list of self-denial and charitable deeds. At other times, it's not at least doesn't sound like much at all. And that's what can make this lie so deceptive. Because this lie can dress itself up, disguise itself with a lot of Bible-based words and Christian speech. It can say something along the lines of this. We're saved by grace alone. Jesus has done it all. All you gotta do is... And it doesn't really matter how that sentence is finished. 
Because that last part has denied grace alone. It has denied that Christ has done it all because it has added just one thing, just it has added something that you gotta do. How deceptive that is. No wonder Paul warns us against these deceptive philosophies. That's why, you know, when you go to other churches, it can look very similar to ours. The words can sound very much alike. But be on your guard and listen carefully. Are they adding something? Even if it's just a little bit, are they adding something that's left for us to do to really be saved? Back in Paul's day, the, that lie was active. It, it appears that in Colossae, people had come in and said, yes, Jesus has saved you, but, but you can really be saved if, if you're circumcised. You can really be saved if you, you do these extra things. And the way this lie is told in our day is too numerous to recount as you look at all the different religions and denominations. Don't be deceived. Rather, be built up on Jesus Christ. Be built up in him. Build yourselves on God's truth and his truth alone so that this lie does not deceive you no matter how subtle or disguised it is. For you see, when we walk with Jesus, we don't add anything to what he has done for us. He alone has fully and completely worked out our salvation. There is nothing left that we can do to merit any part of it. Build yourself on God's truth, on Jesus Christ alone. Yes, how could we add anything? Jesus, Jesus is God over all. And anything good in us has, all, has come from him who fills us. Paul writes, for in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ. Who is the head over every power and authority. How could we add anything? Jesus has already taken away all your guilt. He has nailed it to the cross. Yes, you could say that we have incurred a great debt against God. That we have signed our name showing that we have disobeyed his laws. But Jesus took that note that stood against us. He took that signature that proved our guilt and he nailed it to the cross he hung there. It's gone. Taken away, completely taken away by Jesus. All, all your sins are forgiven in Christ. How could there be anything left for us to do? For Paul writes, he forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. How could we do anything? For Jesus has triumphed over all our enemies. No matter how powerful or authoritative they were, he has triumphed. He has defeated death, rising from the dead in victory. 
He has paraded through hell itself, having crushed Satan's head. He is the conqueror, the champion. And he will come again in glory as the judge. How could there be anything left for us to do for Christ? Christ has won the victory. Paul writes, in having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So don't be led away captive by that lie, that deception of the world, that there is something left that we must do in order to be saved. Do you want to live your life wandering around, wondering whether you've done enough, or wondering whether you've done the right thing whether wondering whether you were sincere enough, wondering whether your guilt is, is too great. Or, dear friend, do you want to walk with Jesus, who has done it all for you? And since he has done it all, when we walk with Jesus, we are free from being guilt-driven, and rather we freely, gladly, do what is right and good because we know the great love of Jesus Christ for us who has freely and fully forgiven us, taking that burden of guilt away, nailing it to the cross in our place. As we walk with Jesus, confident that he has done it all, we stand firm against the world's deceptions and lies, knowing that the greatest truth is what Jesus has done for us. We want to run away from any and every truth or any and every deception that works against that truth. As we walk with Jesus, we stand firm, built on him, built on him alone to withstand the world's deceptions. So, dear friends, keep walking with Jesus, rooted in the blessings of your baptism and build up to withstand the world's deceptions. Then, rather than being a bad apple corrupting others, we will be bringing the good news of Jesus, the only news that brings life. Amen.